G'day and welcome to the 17X podcast series. My name is Mick Hayes. Thanks for tuning in. I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with entrepreneurs, visionaries, and absolute change makers on how they're using their business as a force for good in the world. We align these conversations with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the UN's global goals for the 2030 agenda that we simply must achieve. And it's my firm belief that our business community is our best shot at success. If you're inspired by these conversations, you'll absolutely love our 17X speaking events that tour Australian cities. Jump over to our website, 17sdg.com, that's 17 the word, to find out when our events are coming to a city near you. But for now, sit back and enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe where you are listening to stay up to date with our future episodes. All right, today we're joined by uh, Chris Wildeboer. Welcome, Chris, to the show. Great to be here. It's very fun that we get to have this conversation today. So, we, yeah, for, for all of our listeners, we've been talking about doing this probably for the better part of two years. Uh, however, we are finally here. So, uh, Chris, great to connect and have you with us today. Um, I always, uh, before we get into Balance Central and what you're up to these days, sure. Um, interested to hear a little bit of your origin story, you know, we'll, within a, just a few minutes but uh you know just the just the highlights i guess where have you been and what brought you through to where you're at at the moment okay so i'll make it as succinct as possible <laughs> uh look i grew up here in brisbane i still live in brisbane only about 20 minutes from the house i grew up in so i I haven't moved too far from home. I think that reveals quite a lot about me. Uh, so I like I like where I am and I like Brisbane. Um, I married at 21. So I've been married for nearly 30 years. Yes, yeah. I'm revealing my age. Um, I um, was never going to get married and I certainly never having children, but I had one of those as well. Um so, you know, life uh, did throw some curveballs at me. I was actually uh, kicked out of home at 17 and was essentially went into survival mode for the, for, for the next 10 years. So, yes, that involved a marriage as well in survival mode, which is a really interesting dynamic. Uh, but we navigated that. Um, and in our mid-20s, um, I had another big life change where... Um, the, the, the real key of when I married at 21, I was really running away from my own family and I was running into his family. And then a few years later, his family separated. So at about 25, 26, I don't have an exact age because my brain wasn't really functioning. I had my first emotional breakdown and I kind of say it in jest because I did it a second time. But the first time I did it, I was pretty messy yeah. I was uh, working full time but would be sent home every day because I was in tears and I thought that was normal. And so it took a couple of years for me to work out. I'm sure a lot of people were telling me, but I had to work out that that actually wasn't a normal way to function in life. Yeah. I mean, in your 20s, you're supposed to be the world is your oyster. Yay for everything. I was stuck in survival. Mm. Um mentioned that I have a kid she came along when I was around 30 uh her name is Angel and um she's adorable she's 22 now but I still call, call her adorable yeah, sure. um so 
at 30, I had my second breakdown. And that was pretty rough going because I had this other little human that I was supposed to be responsible for and I could barely look after myself. So that was another really big rough patch. At about that same time, I was introduced to this energetic work, whatever that was, and um, somebody suggested that I go and learn it and I was like, oh, whatever, fine. So I did. Um, And uh, life got in the way and I kept going to workshops and life got in the way and I kept going to workshops. I did that for 10 years. Um, And around 2008, 2009, the role that I was in was made redundant and I was suddenly unemployed and I was twiddling my thumbs and I don't do very well when I twiddle my thumbs. That's not a good look at all. <sighs> so I was getting quite bored and a friend of mine suggested that I'd had this technique in my back pocket for 10 years, maybe I should make a business out of it. And I went, oh, whatever, sure, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, it gave me something to do. And so over the first 12 months, I had Balance Central and uh, I did absolutely nothing, nothing with it. I had, I had my registration name and I'd created my own business cards. Mm, they were dodgy. That made you official. <laughs> oh, yes, it did. That was my business. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the end of that year, I was luckily enough, I was introduced to a marketing coach and that changed everything. Uh, not only did it change my business into an actual business, but it also changed me. Uh, so I started on the real life of having a business. So I'm not your typical entrepreneur who had this amazing idea and just couldn't wait to get it out into the world. I, I'm kind of almost an accidental entre- entrepreneur and But running my own business really, really suits me. And I've been doing it now for 12 years. Unreal. So you're an accidental printer. Maybe there's a new (laughs) phrase in that. There's a new one. Yeah. I feel like maybe I'm an accidental printer as well. I kind of just fell into doing what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Uh, It's a cool way to do it. Um, So what's Balance Central all about then? Well, it does use this weird energetic technique thing that I learned 20 odd years ago. but in reality, yes, that might be the technique I use, but Balance Central's really about supporting people to allow them to be human. Now, we all think that being human is we all know how to do that, but we constantly strive for more and doing more and beating ourselves up and that's not good enough and, oh, and I'm, am I the imposter now and can I really do this and, oh, I'm supposed, like, it just goes on and on. And we forget about the being and the human and the just dealing with real world around us. And so Balance Central is literally about getting people back into their balance and back into their centre, whatever that is. And I'm luckily enough to support people around the globe. That sounds really cool. And uh, so going off your your story there about some of those challenges that you went through as you came into, you know, eventually landing on Balance Central, uh, you've come out of some personal ups and downs and created a business to help other people through their ups and downs. Completely. <laughs> um, what uh, I guess 
you, did you find that or was it an immediate thing where you started to get the, your own benefit and balance out of helping other people or did you find that you started to get that over time like the whole idea of helping other people helps you at the same time yeah kind of i i um I remember the first couple of years in business and every client that would come in, I'd go, oh, wow, I know your story. Oh, I've been through, oh, I know that one too. And I remember coming in one random evening and sitting down with my husband and going, this is ridiculous. I can't have been through all of this. I can't. Why is it that every person I speak to, I feel like I've been through what they've been through? And yeah. he said, well, why don't we write a list? I went, what a good idea. So we wrote a list. It was a very long list. And it really did show <laughs> that I had been through a lot. I'd kind of skated through a lot of things yeah. in my life. And the first year or two of clients actually were my reflection to really highlight to me and, and kind of take um, not to relive that stuff but to to kind of acknowledge what I'd been through because often when people go into survival mode, they're not completely present. So they don't really recognise how significant that event is. Yeah, sure. And I'd done a lot of those events in survival mode. Mm -hmm. So the first couple of years taught me how much I'd actually been through and I needed to acknowledge that and then magically I started working on myself more intently so and I stopped getting the clients that were reflecting back what my history was <laughs> yeah you're almost searching for them subconsciously <laughs> do you think Completely. that like we I, I mean I see this a lot with living when I work with living but um how do you think the the lived experience plays into your ability to help people balance oh that I I can hear them. Yeah. It, it's that funny thing when um, I'm, I'm going to use a, a female who's pregnant as an example. Mm. Um, you can't know what it's like to be pregnant unless you've been pregnant. Sure. And you can walk through a shopping centre and if I give a grin to a pregnant mum or a mum with a small kid, yep. that's a grin that they go, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> it's just a knowing. I do that with dads, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll see dads with little kids because my kids are no longer, they're only little, they're not babies anymore. But I'll see a dad like trying to fumble his way through handling his baby. He might be on his own, the wife's gone back to work or partner's gone back to work or whatever. And you just give him that little wink like, hey, buddy, I know the ride you're on. You're all right. <laughs> and so it's that. And yeah. you can't fake that. Like yeah, you don't even have to know the person well to know if that's legitimate and so it's almost like I sometimes goes oh really I had to go through all of that mm. but it's real benefit when I sit with someone and the feeling that they reflect back to me when they go you're the first person that's heard me yep and I just go wow well, whatever that was that I went through when I was 27 or whatever the event, whenever that event happened, that was so worthwhile to be sitting in front of that person now yep. and know that they can know that someone gets it. So a lot of, a lot of the people that 
um, that listen to this podcast and where the 17X circle tends to play um, to a large portion is the small to medium kind of SME business sector. Um, you know, what, um, what kind of lessons or takeaways have you seen or experienced through the people that you work with that are operating businesses that are out of balance or trying to get some lessons from either the personal end or the business pressures that they're putting on themselves? Is there anything that commonly comes up? I, I think that one of the biggest things I see in that field is people trying to be an island and doing it all on their own. And they fall into overwhelm quite easily. Now, logically, we all know this. I've been to many networking events and had this very conversation mm. and everybody recognises, oh, yes, I don't need to do it on my own. Mm. Oh, let me just go and learn this new software package so that I can manage it. And let me just go and learn this thing. And yeah. it's so easy to go into overwhelm and not even recognise it. Mm. And that's one of the things uh, that I find is the biggest struggle and it then starts to affect people personally because then they doubt themselves or it's all too much or relationships suffer or it squeezes out. The overwhelm just oozes out somewhere in their life. Oozes out. I love you say that. Oozes out. Um, I love that you land on that idea of, yeah, you don't have to do things by yourself. Um it's come up actually a couple of times in the last little while for me in talking about these SDGs and how we can engage our communities or our business partners or um, business operators around the world that we don't have to try and solve these problems on our own. We need to be around values aligned brands or people that we can work on these solutions together. And, you know, running our business is no different, right? Yeah, and there's some, I mean, because when we think of the SDGs, we go, oh, um, that's a big worldwide problem, yeah. so we need lots of people to contribute. So that that makes logical sense. Yeah. But when we're doing our own singular business, we feel like, well, it's just us, so I get to dictate everything I do and we forget that it's still big and significant and if we could actually gather the right information around us and it doesn't even need to be employing people but you can like I've never created a website in my life and I've been in business for 12 years I didn't even create my first one I gave up after doing the business card um I learned don't create your own stuff swim in your own lane and learn your limits get the other people in (laughs) I love it um, now, look, you're pretty well known in the B1G1 circles, uh, a bit of a celebrity there. And uh, I think when we first met at, uh, I think it was the Global Conference on the Gold Coast when they had it a few years back. Um, I believe it was. I did, I did see you on all the, the kind of judging panels and, and uh, <laughs> certainly part of the elite circle of B1G1, I believe. Um, oh, that's a stretch, but yes, sure. So, so you know, and you've got your global goals and you obviously some, some B1G1 stuff on your website. Um, what's the go with your impacts? What are you doing to change the world with, um, with B1G1 when you do stuff? <laughs> well, I am just shy of creating 1.9 million impacts. That's good. Which is a little bit of an achievement. <laughs> I want bells and whistles if I get to 2 million. I think uh, Paula Masami can throw you a virtual party when you click over that 2 million. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> well, they threw me a bit of a party at 1.6 million. So, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, so what's that mean? For people that don't understand what this whole B1G1 movement's all about, what does 1.9 million impacts mean and how do you do it? Ah, oh, okay. So the way that I have always interacted with B1G1 is that because I do work with energy, yep. uh, I love the idea of giving. And so uh, when a client signs up, regardless what it is, could be a program, could be a session, what doesn't matter, doesn't matter what it is. If they sign up to me in any form, they're giving something to me and I want to give. Now, I'm obviously going to give to them because that's part of whether it's a product, service, whatever, my time. I'm giving something back. But I want to make it that it's giving somewhere beyond just that transaction. And B1G1 always gave me that option to do that. Mm -hmm. So whenever I have an interaction with someone, whether it's a connection on social media or they sign up for my year-long program, doesn't matter, mm -hmm. there is a contribution to B1G1 and I make sure that happens because every single day there is an entry on my calendar that says, what are you donating? What are you giving to B1G1 today? And so I look back on my schedule of the day and I go, oh, well, I was on LinkedIn and I connected with these three people on social media and I worked with a client. There we go. Right. Do my giving and I'm done. Yeah. Easy, easy peasy. <laughs> and um, somehow along the way I created 1.9 million impacts. Yeah. Um, can you give us a few examples? of? Because I find it, uh, I think it's refreshing and I, I'm, I guess, to be fair, in the B1G1 scene, we see it quite a lot, but you are running a business that is providing great impact and purpose and uh, solutions, personal solutions to people in your community and, and right here. But then you're also off the back of those change-making activities, you're contributing further change, you know, at a global level or to communities around the world, uh, which is really cool. Uh, what are some of the projects that you support? One of my favourites is here in Australia. Yeah. Um, and um, actually we got to meet some of the, the people that were part of running that one, which is the, um, the dot-com mob. Yes. Um, then I'd, been, I'd actually been contributing to them for years and never knew much about them other than I loved the idea of empowering Indigenous communities and I have a program called Unlock Your Power and I figured that that was a really cool way to match it and unlock the power of these kids. Yeah. And so all of my giving is actually about the energy connection. So that's one of my favourites. The same program when I sell it, to a client overseas, they don't have as much connection to that yeah. Indigenous thing. So what I did is I picked solar panels because that gives power. Yeah, sure. Awesome. So I actually choose my projects based on the energy that um, is kind of an, a, a match. I have a program called self-nourishment. So I give nourishing meals. Yeah. Like just to get that synchronicity of energy because that's the game i'm in yeah sure yeah and 
So how does it work for your business? So if we get down to the nuts and bolts of it, running a purpose-led business, you, you're already, you know, you're certainly making change with your clients and then you're extending that through B1G1's uh, platform. Uh, one of the things that we're looking to do with the 17X community is engage people with these global goals or the idea of bringing some kind of purpose-driven or sustainable options into their business uh, because it's actually quite good for business to do that, right? It you, is. You we know it's good for business. Yeah. Yes. You know, you, we, we want to run and our speakers to the, to the large point are for-profit business models that are making a sustainable, you know, business operation that works, but they're also creating uh, great value and impact in the world through some kind of connection to, to uh, the global goals. How do you, how have you seen that kind of, purpose or impacts giving transform or work for you as a business? The change, oh, I didn't really see a change because I actually signed up to B1G1 pretty early on in the business. So it's almost been, it's always been an integral part of the business. So my clients individually would just know that that's what I did, right? So there was nothing new, but the big shift was when I, in 2016, was when I reached my 1.6 million and there was a small party for that, not really a party. I just went to Bali for the first conference. I considered it a party. Um, And back in the days of travel. And I remember um, one of the guys that was there, um, he's actually from the UK, lovely guy, Ainsley. He encouraged me because I had been nominated for one of the awards that I needed to do a press release and actually tell people about what I'd achieved. Yeah, yeah, I love it. There's a novelty. (laughs) And so I did, and that's when I saw the change. People actually outside of my clients saw more substance in what it is I was doing. Now, I haven't been doing anything differently. Like for the five, six years prior to that, I'd been doing that. I'd been doing it. I just, it was just part of my everyday. It was just built into the fabric of the business. It wasn't anything I screamed from the rooftop, just not my style. And yet what happened is that people went, oh, you, you, um, it's, it was like a level of integrity, of perceived integrity. And yet it was like, wow, but this has been going on for ages and there's so many option and opportunity for everybody to do this. Like, I love the idea that everyone could be seen in this way that they're legitimately making more of a difference than just for themselves. Yeah, love it. Um, you know, it's kind of, it is what it is for you but until you start communicating it and actually let the world know what's going on. And, and lo and behold, people kind of jump on board and go, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I love it. The, the whole thing around, you know, partnerships for the goals, it's got to start with communication, right? And we have to, we have to connect each other. To this People have thing. to know that you're doing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, so just to circle back to, I guess, your, your business journey uh, as such, um, you've had, you know, Balance Central coming out of some, some challenging personal times and a few little aha moments along the way, uh, becoming a mum, all the fun stuff. And you've gone into, you know, this kind of service providing business model. Um, are there any key lessons that you can share where maybe you hit a wall or you're trying to scale and went, all right, 
we've tried things and it hasn't worked, resilience, whatever. Like where, where are some key learnings that you've had along the way? Oh, great question. Key learnings. Um, I think one of the big ones is because I started this when my daughter was in year four, so I definitely managed uh, and I, just, I wanted to do the drop-off and the pick-up for school, so I was definitely the 9.30 to 2.30 business running the business and then, of course, I'd get home by 3.30 and then there'd be 3.30 to, you know, maybe 8.30 at night because there was always stuff to do. So I, I um, the time management and the scheduling and over-scheduling was a really key learning and it's something I still have to be on top of. Um, there's so much pressure to get more done. Oh, this needs to be done. You need to get that video out. You need to get that next post written. There's, there's kind of this constant that it just doesn't ever stop. But the only way that I could stop the outside momentum was build in buffers. So I now have a buffer. And this took, I mean, I've had it in place for a few years now, maybe six years but it's still half the business life at the beginning. I did not do it this way. Um, but I have a buffer now where if I have a client call, I'm ready half an hour before. And I allow another half an hour on the other end of that, which means that sometimes I will find myself sitting in on the couch with my feet up for 10 minutes in between what I'm going to do next. So I do that for client calls. I do that for administration work uh, or if I'm maybe online doing LinkedIn because I have dedicated times that I like to just get in and engage on LinkedIn, I leave a window so that I don't ever feel the pressure of having to answer that phone call or having to do the next thing or always having that. And I'm one for a list, like I have to-do lists. It sounds like it. <laughs> I think I need a bit of practice on that whole buffer thing. I love that you're talking about, um, particularly when you're, you know, in this, uh, I guess, is a solopreneur, like this idea of running your own business and you're generally for the most part on your own, is making the business or, or arc, um, putting the business architecture in place so that it actually revolves around you rather than you having to run around the business. And I feel like there's a, there's a lesson in that to look at particularly now, you know, post-COVID, we've all been working from home quite a lot. Uh, the tech is there. We're all savvy on Zoom. Um, and I think the, the, uh, the conversations between partners, stakeholders, customers is, is spreading outside those normal working hours that we, yeah. can, we can certainly run our business almost on a, uh, an, an on-call model to a point to, to allow us to have a life, right, and get that balance. Yeah, and that's something that I've always done. And so when I started getting international clients, it started to ramp it up even more. So about four years ago, I started working in the Middle East and the UK. So time zone wise, that was a whole nother level of, well, yeah. how do I manage that? And now in the Middle East, a number of my clients, their weekend is our Friday and Saturday. It's their Friday and Saturday. That's what their weekend is. They finish work on the Thursday and they start on a Sunday. So because I was working, I still do, I still work with executive levels. Mm. I had to work with them on their weekend. So suddenly Friday night and Saturday night became my work hours. Yep. 
And it is very easy to get caught up in working from, you know, first thing Monday morning through to last thing Saturday night, six days a week. And not, if, if I hadn't built in that buffer, it would have, well, let's say my husband wouldn't have been very happy with me and I think I might have been a little bit of a ball of jelly on the floor. Yeah, I think, you know, again, you're just looking at how do we, how do we create our, our business to respond to what we need and, and rather than you responding and going, turning a four or five day a week business into a six and a half multiple time zones running at and yet, 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and yet I do have multiple time zones that I manage and I do work six days a week. Yeah. And today, for example, I started at 7.30 this morning and I won't finish till 8.30 tonight, but I had three hours today where I did absolutely nothing. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you can look at that balance, right, and we get back to balance and balance central <laughs> and segueing back into balance. But giving yourself permission, I, I can hear a lot of in, inside of this around, okay, it, it becomes, um, you know, I'm a firm believer in uh, results-based work rather than, you know, looking at a clock, right? And we'll work a lot with clients around that. Um, and just focusing in on these results, uh, I love it. I think there's some really valuable lessons to take from your journey here. Yeah, well, I, I you know, it's, it's funny. I think sometimes the journey for me gets, the lessons get repeated in varying forms. Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> so that scheduling thing is still something my best friend and my husband keep asking me. Yeah. Chris, are you over-scheduling? <laughs> Um, now, uh, you've got a couple of global goals here on your website. You've got uh, clean water and sanitation, number six, number three, good health and well-being, uh, reduced inequalities, no poverty, number one. Um, what is it about those particular global goals that resonate with you as a business? Or as well, a- the clean water and the sanitation is probably my biggest one, and you'll probably see from the numbers on that that's the one I tend to gravitate to mostly. Um, really, for humans to do well on a mental health level, we need two things. We need to breathe oxygen and drink water. If we all did those things in the way that the human body is designed to do them, uh, mental health would be not as big of a conversation piece as it is today. Yeah, sure. Um, 100%. What do you think is going on with these global goals in Australia? Where do you think we are now at the moment? I mean, I have my opinions, but interested to hear yours. Um, Are we doing well where where are we at? I don't hear enough conversation about it. It's funny. I post up about once every couple of months specifically about B1G1 on LinkedIn to get the conversation going. And even in the comments, and I get a good number of, you know, interactions going on, 30 or 40 comments, so that's fine. Like it's a good, it's not just three that people that, you know, just feel like that's great, Chris. No, no, there's proper conversations going on. But people aren't talking about the sustainable development goals. They're talking about giving or they're talking about, oh, that's a great thing. They're not, there's not enough conversation People, I'm not sure that there's enough awareness about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, what do you, uh, you know, the uh, 
I think we're on we're on our way, but we're definitely behind in a lot of other countries uh, around the world. And I suspect it's because we don't experience the our perception of our life here in Australia is not, um, you know, we, we just don't get the exposure of what it's like yeah. unless we have the privilege of being part of B1G1 and get to go on a study tour or get to see the real work on the ground yeah, or be sure. part of those things. Kind of we like just we're, we're, don't get to see it. As a society, or I guess Australia, we, we're our hardships in this country, whilst there are many, um, and I can appreciate there are many, many inequalities and challenges that Australia has right now, maybe uh, the hardships that are experienced around the world are a little bit more, I guess, uh, a bit busier and more there's more of them in other places. Um, what do you think is an opportunity that we have here with these global goals? Where do you see the opportunity over the next few years for, you know, say our business community, apart from coming to 17X and being inspired? <laughs> Which I'm keen to get to and <laughs> be part of. Self-plug. <laughs> Happy to support that. Uh, look, I... I think one of the things that would allow the business community to engage further is if there, it felt like there was more relevance here in Australia. There's not, it, it feels global and not localised. Yeah, sure. And I get the benefit of the global, uh, um, and but that's a bit of a mindset because I work globally so I'm talking to people from different countries all the time and I get insight into what it's like in the real world for them. And, but I think that it becomes, uh, it's terrible to say, but it's a bit like you can put your mission statement up on the wall and it doesn't mean much. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. it can be a bit of a, a tick and forget kind of scenario. Um, if you think about things like the global goals or just giving or impact in general. I mean, we can go all the way to Maslow's hierarchy needs here, but um, in terms of getting balance, so say if I'm a bit out of shape personally or professionally um, and I'm trying to realign myself, how does contribution factor into getting a balanced lifestyle or, or getting balance back in our lives? Oh, Well, I think that the global, I mean, one of the things I like about the SDGs is that they um, are fundamental. I think that um, uh, they, when we get the fundamentals right, so if we look at it from a personal level, if we get our fundamentals right, if we're in good relationship with ourselves, which means we can have good relationships with others, if we're fundamentally knowing how to eat well, um, if we, oh, you know, know to fundamentally do some exercise every week, like all these things, I, I call it good adulting. You can tell I've got a 22-year-old. <laughs> good adulting. I'm going to write that down for my kids. This is here's some get ready for good adulting. Yeah, sorry, kids. <laughs> So if you can, you know, if you've got that going on, that means you've got the fundamentals right and you can make some errors along the way and you can make some interesting choices. But at the end of the day, mostly you've got it, you've got it going on. Yeah. And that's the way that I see the SDGs is that it's the fundamentals. So they're not bright and shiny and they're not fancy and they're not, you know, 
they, they don't have bells and whistles because they're the fundamentals. And it's, um, I see it, um, you know, when, when a client would maybe approach me and go, yep, Chris, I don't know, my life's just a little bit dodge. I, I'm, I, I want to do something. I'm not quite sure what you're going to do with me, but yeah, let's give it a go. It's because they're fundamentally, they're not feeling like they've, they're doing good adulting. And if I can get those fundamentals right, then they pretty much go off on their own and they go, yep, um, sorted. And then occasionally they'll come back. Well, not even occasionally. I have programs to allow them to come back periodically where they go, okay, yep, yep we need to tweak this thing. <laughs> but if the fundamentals are right, they can see it more easily. So if we can get those SDGs fundamentally right, then, then we can actually make... Oh, I, I think that's the, where the real difference is. And then we can sort of look at all the bells and whistles of what else could be enhanced. Yeah, sure. I really like the comment recently about, you know, we make a lot of it, uh, we spend a lot of money trying to get to another planet when maybe we need to focus on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a, I think it's an interesting uh, idea to look at it like that, where it's, it's, it's almost like these are these 17 goals are a great platform for us to look at the building blocks that it takes to run a good, a good earth, <laughs> basically. Like you talk about good adulting. So maybe this is good earthing is, is just nailing these 17 and getting the fundamentals right. Um, and, and looking at it that way, you, you talked about it earlier around, yeah, quite often these these SDGs and these global goals are looked at as massive global problems that are out of reach for us little guys. You know, how the hell am I supposed to do anything for that? You know, no poverty. Are you serious? How can I fix that? How can I make a difference to yeah, that? Yeah, it, it, getting the fundamentals right in our own backyard uh, is enough of a starting point for us at a local level to start making an impact at a at a you know national and international level. Um, do you see the same thing as far as some of, you know, can we, do we see that learning analogy in ourselves? If we're trying to get re-centred and rebalanced, is it instead of trying to fix everything at once <laughs> and these big, you know, if, if I've gone through a breakdown, instead of trying to avoid a breakdown, is it about small habits and take the little steps and, and get things sorted? Yeah, I, I um, the work I do is less about habitual things and more about looking at um, um, I, I often refer to as ironing out the creases. Okay, cool. So we can have all the right clothes in the cupboard, but sometimes we just put on stuff and we can't be bothered ironing it. And that's when we feel a bit more crappy that day. Yeah. And that's the stuff. So it's like, oh, actually, it would be better if I took that extra five minutes to just take care of that piece of clothing that's taking care of us. And um, so for me, my tagline way back at the beginning was greater conscious awareness. And as much as a bit out there, it's still really core and I have not had a need to change it. I don't verbalise it all the time when I talk to mm -hmm. people about what it is I do. But it's seriously about greater conscious awareness. If we can be more aware consciously, then we can make a difference. Like if we're just consciously aware, 
we end up having a better conversation with our partner. If we're more consciously aware, we interact with that client without shoving our wares on them or over-pitching. We just have an interaction with them. Yeah, we connect, right? Because it's legit and it's not out of desperation because we're aware. Now, we can still have a desperation feel, oh, I've got no clients or I don't know, whatever. But we could go, well, you know what? Oh, this person mightn't be the person. So how about I just find out about a bit about them and you can move it aside? And that's conscious awareness. So if we can do that, then we start to not only role model for others, but we have better conversations and we have better communication and all of those really good good things. And we, we start to remind ourselves what we know already. And you'll find, like, I think from my experience in, in working with business operators and my own experience with 17X and, and other businesses is if you talk about over-pitching or, or over-communicating and trying to force into an outcome, that maybe if you just let it go and, and just forget it's, the outcome's there and just connect with people or connect with, you know, the, the journey or whatever you're trying to do, in an authentic way, it's quite often that that transaction kind of takes its head in a little bit later and it just turns Every up. time, every time I legitimately let go of an outcome, it appears. It's ridiculous. Just, just get out of your own head, right? Completely. <laughs> I love it. I, well, look, we're, we're getting close to the end of our time, but let's we, we've segued back in a little bit more about what you do. So we better... I better ask you about your programs. What what are these programs that you're delivering? Do you want to give us a quick snapshot on your product? Sure. So the main one is called Unlock Your Power. It's really looking at the principles that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. So I guess fundamentally they are the pillars of universal laws and whether we think that universal laws exist or not, they do. It's like the law of gravity. It exists we mightn't think about it every day, hmm, but it's there. (laughs) And so it's looking at how we interact with those universal laws. And what I love about working with people with this program is that often it's assumed that if you're working with someone that's service-based provider or energy worker, all that sort of stuff, you've got to, you've got to, oh, you've got to tell all your dirty laundry and you've got to tell them all the stories and blah, blah, blah. Well, I just removed all of that as a, it just is no longer a thing. I go, sure, if you want to do Unlock Your Power, these are the five things we're going to work with first. And then we've got an extra two that we're going to get to as well. And it kind of takes the pressure off. And it allows people to show up and then I get to do the work with them rather than them going, oh, what are you going to find out about me and what are you going to tell me that I'm still doing wrong? And and so Unlock Your Power, it's it's called that for so many reasons. (laughs) Uh, But it really does allow people to find uh, more space within themselves. Yeah, great. Awesome. Um, and so that's that's the ultimate outcome of it, yep. which is 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 a fun thing for me to do. It's it's the irony. I give I work with people so that they can function well on their own. Yeah, yeah, cool. 
Love it. Um, so, look, if people are fascinated by what you do and want to connect, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Well, my website, balancecentral.com.au, is a really good place to start. Yep. I'm also happy if people want to connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook or Insta. I'm very easy to find either Balance Central or Chris Wilderbore, seriously. There's only one other Chris Wilderbore in the world and he lives in the Netherlands. So right. um, the you blue... get a male that doesn't have blue hair at the front of his face, it's the wrong Chris. That's the wrong Chris. <laughs> uh, but still so, have yeah. a chat anyway because you never know what might happen. Probably. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so, you know, I'm pretty easy to find on social media. Um, you need to connect with that other Chris. You should totally connect with this guy. There might Probably. be a collaboration down there. It'd be like the um, uh, there was a like an annual meetup of of um redheaded women named Erin or something last year or Karen or something, and um, it was like a three thousand people together that had red hair and their first name was Karen or something. But anyway, you need to connect <laughs> with that other creature. That, that's a story in its own. Um, what, we'll, what we'll do is we'll put all your links down underneath so guys anyone that's listening wants to connect with Chris um, scroll down all the links will be there uh, for you to connect in those various ways the website I've got it up in front of me on, and uh, there's a heap amount of information great content um, there's info about all the programs and products that, that Chris is running um, you can take a look at her giving impacts it's really clear with the global goals as well as the link in through B1G1 our good mates um it's really informative and quite simple to understand how you can link your business to creating awesome outcomes in the world right it's it's not that hard uh and it's a great place to start so yeah check out chris's website um my last question before i let you go um because i haven't actually asked anyone this for a while and i think um i'm glad it's popped back into my head is um are there any brands that you're fascinated with or inspired by at the moment that are out there doing great things and also being really successful at the same time Oh, um, oh, that's a big question for me. And I used to um, put a rule out saying you can't say Patagonia because everyone says Patagonia. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I um, am going to be a bit of an enigma here. I don't, um, I don't really follow too many brands, and I, I don't, um, um. I, I'm a funny one. See, I don't necessarily follow. It's like me and bands, rock bands. I never followed the band. I oh. always just like the latest song that came out. Just like the music. I love it. So, so I, um, uh, where my husband will still know the band. If he hears a piece of music, he'll know the band. I'll know the song. Yeah, right. Okay, that's cool. So, so I'm, I, I don't really have anyone that I tend to go, yeah, that's a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, look, speaking of bands, you'll be you'll be happy to know that Coldplay, so you may not know Coldplay, but you'll know. No, Coldplay. no, no, I do know, know Coldplay. of Coldplay. <laughs> you definitely know their songs. Uh, they've just released a carbon neutral or positive, I can't remember, uh, world tour. So they've organised their tour to be carbon, <laughs> at least carbon neutral. It's possibly carbon positive. If I get that wrong, I apologise. But, um, yeah, so global tour, that's- music that is doing great things so it is well that's something i would look into because it's been a few years since i've been to a rock concert so yeah if coldplay are coming to australia with that that'd be fun i'm sure they will it'll be worth saying um when we're allowed to go back to gigs um well listen chris it's been great chatting with you that we finally did it thank you so much for taking the time uh to be with us today and i look thanks for having me at 17x when we come back to brisbane in november
Um, but uh, for now, thank you very much and uh, all the best with Balance Central and making change in the world. I'm glad to be part of it. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. It's been a great episode. You can join us at our next 17X event, both live in person or online from anywhere in the world. 17X Brisbane is happening on November 10 as we get back to the stage engaging the business community with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Jump over to our website, 17sdg.com, for all the event details or just click the link below. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode.